Welcome to Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things also. I'm Jarvis. And I'm Jordan. And today we're joined by a very special guest. You know him, you love him. They're your favorite three letters in a row. Brian David Gilbert, BDG. How's it going? In that Dude, order. In that in order. That order. <laughs> the three yeah. favorite letters are BRI of Brian David Gilbert. And the rest are just throw them you away. You know, it's cool that BDG is in alphabetical order. It is nice. Is that I am always saying that. That's yeah. why I've rechanged yeah. my name to be this weird <laughs> yeah, amalgamation of three first Brian names. David Dilbert. Yeah, it was <laughs> weird. For a while. I don't know why my parents went for that, but uh, yeah. I appreciate it. What was the catalyst to that officially becoming your brand? No, no, <sighs> no more words. Yeah. The so the thing about. It was that when I first started making like silly YouTube videos after college and I didn't have a job or anything, I was like, well, I it could just be Brian Gilbert, which there are millions of. Also, I believe there is a British director named Brian Gilbert who made some like, I don't know, I, I haven't watched any of his films <laughs> on principle. <laughs> I refuse yeah. to do it. I, won't, I don't want to see anything by another on Brian his Gilbert. behalf. That's yeah. so sorry. There's a Texas state representative, House representative named Jarvis Johnson, and I refuse to read any of his bills. Yes, yeah. You have to make sure. You have to keep yeah. that very separate. As yeah. soon as you start combining it, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Uh, but there's as a, I was. There's actually a basketball player called Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. That really kind of messed with my that personal destroys brand. your whole brand. <laughs> Made at, that at point. Jordan really hard to get. <laughs> very <laughs> challenging. Rats. Very challenging. But yeah, you were saying. Yes. Uh, but I was just. Uh, when I was making it, I was like, well, I guess I could just use my full name. And I kind of thought it was fun. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I insisted on going by Brian David Gilbert, like the most formal way, right. but like the videos I was making were 10 seconds long and just atrocious. And right, I, right. But then after a while, I realized I was like, oh, I've locked myself into this. Yeah. Now this has become the brand identity of me, I guess, because when you go on the internet, you stop being a person and you start being a, a commodity. Brand. Exactly. Yeah. It does give like um, Tiger Beat teen heartthrob yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I, well, I, I appreciate that because the other one people are always bring up is that it's like oh just like all of the serial killers that have three first names oh and i'm like oh well stop like i've been trying to keep that secret uh, for as long as possible yeah. the serial <laughs> that killer is the thing aspect. about serial killers yeah they're really shy about it <laughs> they're trying to keep it to themselves hey, are you could... taking the wings off a moth no <laughs> no no no, 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 no. Just, just it's a butterfly <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not insane i'm not a, come on be real uh that is a really good point i guess that is hard to account for Mm. A double-barreled last... Well, that's, it's, it's middle name, last name, right? Middle yeah. name, last name. Middle yeah. name, last name, first. So, yeah, just Brian David Gilbert. The thing is that I've... What's weird is that I would say more than I would expect, people come up to me and are like, hey, David, it's great to see you. And I'm like, I don't know why... No one has ever called me David. I had one situation where I was known as Brian. No last name, no middle name. That was just me. I was like working right. in a situation where my name was Brian and then it came up that I made videos. And then the next day somebody came in and was like, oh, and like, you know, David's doing whatever on this. And I was like, <laughs> you wouldn't know that unless you stalked me and, and then also somehow forgot all of the interactions we had prior to this moment. Maybe like uh, you're giving people Brian vibes sometimes, other times yes. you're giving them yeah. David vibes. Yeah, mm. I think, uh, what would you consider a David vibe versus a Brian vibe? Mm. Well, to, to be quite frank, you're giving off kind of a David vibe by even okay. asking that question. Yeah, right. so that kind is of a very David thing to do. Don't of, even get me started on the Gilbert yeah, shit you've been up to. I, that's when I'm like getting wild. That's when I go into my Gilbert era. Yeah, when, your mom, when your mom is uh, mad at you for something. <laughs> Gilbert? Yep. That's your Sasha Fierce. Yeah. Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert, when I need to go into my, my Not ultimate. Pierce at all. <laughs> it is weird because like, I don't think I ever, I was a real goody two-shoes girl 
growing up, so I never, my mom never got angry at me. But I don't think I ever had like a situation where they were like, Brian, David, Gilbert, you come down here. Mm. But now, like on the street, it's you. It is more right. likely for you to call me by my full name if you don't know who I am personally. And yes. if you do know who I am personally, you'll just call me Brian. And it like, is that's a fine. strangely like. Uh, I feel naked when somebody calls me by my full name, mm. even though that is like my, I guess my stage name. Yeah. Like, cause people will go, are you Jarvis Johnson? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know why you had to say it like that. <laughs> are you a like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Literally. That... Why? What do you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get, have you ever been called your first and last name or at least the stage name that people know you by? Um, yeah, I've, I've talked about it publicly recently, so I, I think I'm fine kind of generally saying this. So my last name, last name is Cope, C-O-P-E. Mm. Hilarious, by the way, now in <laughs> retrospect. Cope and seed, dude. <laughs> Thank God I stopped using it what I did. Yeah. My middle name is Adika. Okay. But yeah, if I hear Jordan Cope mm-hmm. now, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Or it is one of the, I don't know. 10 people at Patreon that knew me as Jordan Cope. Right. Because huh. eventually that just that became my public name because. Yes. I did recently uh, accidentally call you by your normal last name in a video, and then people were like, "Did Travis accidentally reveal Jordan's secret name?" Yeah, and doxing, yeah, really the worst. And I was like, "Oh no," because I just had you know all this muscle memory of a mm-hmm. different name. Because we were um, at my old apartment, like um, brainstorming mm-hmm. new identities for Jordan yeah. when we were like trying to figure out what his like internet handle would be like okay. online because yeah. you want to figure out what like you want to get something where you can get it on all socials nowadays yes. you know and then now through process of elimination i have also revealed my entire legal name that's great uh when i rebrand i'm going to use my mother's maiden name and my sort code <laughs> it's important i always am talking about my elementary school and my first pet's name those are the things that i love to discuss most importantly yeah. Guys, what's, yeah. so what's everybody's childhood best friend yeah, just <laughs> off the top of your just head off the top of your head yeah okay last four digits of social <laughs> let's do it all together so icebreaker you do improv one uh-huh. two three what's uh i really struggle with some of those like the street, I, I mean, I moved around as a kid, yeah. so the street I grew up on, but I have like the one I reference, so that's fine. Yes. Best friend as a child. Oh, impossible. It feels like I'm betraying well, so many possible yeah. people. I feel like the ones that I can never, I've, I, I truly, when I go through that list I, and they're like, first concert you went to and like these other things and I'm like, oh, shit, I had a boring childhood, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't. I Tell mean, us about all the f- cool shit you did yeah, as a kid. Yeah, God, I think the first uh, concert I did go to, and that is why I've never used this as one of my questions, so I feel comfortable <laughs> talking about this on the air, but uh, it was an Art Garfunkel solo concert wow. with my friend, because we were just like hanging out, and he's like, oh yeah, Art Garfunkel's coming to my local uh, like concert hall, and I went there, and we sat in like the second row, and I was like, I know some of your music that you did with Simon. I've, right, I apologize right. that I'm not a full Garfunkel head. It's weird yeah. that we use his full name now. Yeah, right? Art Garfunkel. Art Garfunkel. What? Sorry, did yeah. I do something wrong? Yeah. Uh, is this too loud? Is <laughs> he <laughs> British? <laughs> uh, he, he gives off a very British energy. Yeah, I believe that, he's American. But yeah, that <laughs> name should not be he's right. Right. Sorry. Yeah, Arthur Garfunkel. <laughs> Truly, I think he's like eighth in line for the throne. But I'm not <laughs> yeah, it's unclear. Yeah. He's like a designated survivor. <laughs> all goes to shit we bring in we art, bring in art and we roll them in yeah wait that's a good question well no sorry about the art garfunkel okay, show because yes. we're on like, the hot topic this is now the topic yes, of yes, the podcast. Yes, yes. no um 
does he do songs that he did with Simon, but just his like? I yeah, I believe he sang at least "Bridge Over Troubled Water." Okay, that was the one that I can remember he sang. I'm pretty sure. But yeah. also, he was also in his era of um, uh, doing a lot of spoken word poetry, Ooh, <laughs> which cool. was a very yeah. interesting thing. Um, and I also, what, what's funny is that I. Uh, I had a friend of a friend who was also his tour manager for at a different point in time who right. ended up like your I, life is coming full circle. At this yeah, point. like this uh, that was a weird connection after like long after it. I was like, oh, weird. That was my first concert. I guess right. was Art Garfunkel. <laughs> how old were you? How old are you for the first concert? I feel like maybe like eighteen. I was very. I was. I should have had a concert before then, but it was uh, like it was normalized. Not going to concert. I don't think I went to my first concert until I was eighteen. Okay, either. I'm glad. Yeah. we're we're peas in the pod there. But uh, it was it was that weird thing where it was funny because the tour manager had I believe had him uh, come to his wedding because he was like a friends with art garfunkel and um i'm sure i could tell this story i'm sure it's fine i don't care it's fine the important thing is that he was like i might sing a song at your wedding and they're like you you might sing a song and he's like yeah i will think about it and he's they're like it's this is a wedding like we have a lot of things planned yeah, there's and like so planners. Yeah. My, my sister was like uh, involved with the wedding and she was like yeah they told us they're like and then maybe Art Garfunkel's gonna sing a song <laughs> we don't know at this point in the program he might do it and so like they get to that part of the program and everyone just kind of stops and then Art Garfunkel stands up and they're like, okay, I guess he's singing a song. Oh. I guess he's doing something. All right. We're, and so he came up and he sang and it was very lovely. <laughs> he walks to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he left at that point. He's singing from inside the portaloo. Yeah. And, I, and there was just like, okay, all right, well, we're all doing this now. All right. It sounds good. But I think it was good enough for like all of the rest of the audience members who are not, yeah. you know, directly associated with Art. Right. Like, oh my God, it's Art Garfunkel. That's, yeah, he's that was pretty cool. That's great. I guess being a, a musical artist that's that famous and going to a wedding is like yeah. going there open carry where he's just like, just like at any point it's gonna happen yeah. uh, if Art Garfunkel stops like literally right in the middle of the vows it's like we have to let we him have do to it let him we do have it. to let him come up here I'm sorry sorry I'm not this isn't me saying that they should not be wet or whatever I'm <laughs> no, just no, no, no. I want to sing I want to sing object. object. Uh-huh. not object <laughs> but I shall sing <laughs> it is me yeah. what does it sound like that's it right yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. La, la, la. speaking of um, artists who collaborate uh, I went to a Lil John concert oh, oh fuck which yeah. is a weird concept I don't know mm-hmm. if you know this because Lil John is not someone you think of as being a solo artist in any regard yeah no he's kind of famous for just saying like things over songs mm-hmm. and maybe producing or DJing unclear yeah, unclear yeah, yeah. what he does or yeah. ever did he does it really well whatever he's whatever doing he does, he does super super well like we know DJ Khaled doesn't he's like a producer he's <laughs> yes. like he brings everybody together yeah and it's like that's it's a known quantity Lil John couldn't tell you what he does no. but he did perform at Georgia Tech in like 2011 and uh, he was in a class and he just stood up. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> it was during my final exam. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> there were like pencils down and he was like, what? <laughs> uh, so his performance consisted of him like at a DJ booth mm-hmm. oh. playing songs that he is involved with and then doing his ad libs over them, That's- which was so funny that's so but good it was awesome also if you truly if you sat me down and were like brian imagine a little john concert right now ima- that would be the first thing i thought yeah. of was okay i guess he just says the yes on the side yeah. and that's it 
Yeah. Also, the first thing he thought of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if, if we're all agreeing that that's what we came here for, then that's perfect. yeah. I think everybody was. I think when you're at that age, it's just really exciting to see a famous person. Yeah, yeah. And it, and they're kind of moving around, and it's like they're Ooh, they're real. That's, that's kind a of the physical whole person premise of like uh, I don't even know what to call them, like influencer boys, TikTok housing type boy live show mm-hmm. tours, right. mm-hmm. where it's like. Uh, Hey, what's up? We're going live across the country. Make sure to get your tickets now. Yes. It's only $17,000. If you want to see me for a second before <laughs> yes. I run away, I'm so high. And then you, you'll you see these videos from the shows and it's oh, just yeah. a bunch of guys that come out and they're like, what's up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like crowd work. I, yeah, there, <laughs> there are definitely out. times when I'm like, oh, I think I'd like to try to do a live show, but like, I don't know what I want. I don't like, I have to, I want to make sure it's good and it's interesting. Sure. And there's right. like content, like the, the stuff that you're going to is like, oh, you've, you've managed to make something that is worth seeing specifically in a right. live setting. Uh, and then I watch those videos and I'm like, oh, I could just go on a live show right now. <laughs> the bar is way <laughs> yeah. lower than you think. I think that that's, weirdly freeing mm-hmm. you know as a as a creator or as a creative type like knowing that the bar is much lower than you've put it in your head mm-hmm. it gives you a little bit more space to like fail you yeah, know or, yeah. or to to try things out well i mean it, yeah it's also it won't ding the algorithm if you go to a and do a live show or it won't be this point in your creative archive where it's like oh yeah an l yeah oh, that's fine as long as you uh film it and then destroy the footage after you're fine <laughs> doesn't have to have existed count the laughs yeah <laughs> um, this is something that i want to get out of the way very early okay have you seen the cop slide incident i have seen the cop slide mm-hmm. incident nice. yes okay so we talked you've about done this. your bible study yeah, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've done my research beforehand so yes. this is uh one of science's newest mysteries. <laughs> okay, 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 <laughs> okay, okay. For those who haven't seen, we talked about it on the previous episode, but there was a new slide in city boston uh thank you anastasia there's a news there's a <laughs> it's already great just looking at the slide yeah, like the slide of a crime. is a beautiful yeah the um, slide of the slide yeah. so the uh there's a new slide <laughs> at, a, at a playground in boston <laughs> and there's a video and a whole news story mm-hmm. about an officer who went down the slide but he came out of the slide <laughs> In, in short, wrong. <laughs> uh, yes, that seems. Uh, he came out too fast. <laughs> he he yeah, came oh. out upside down <laughs> yes. uh, than how you would normally ride on a slide, and, and uh, seemingly not making con. He doesn't seem to touch the slide. <laughs> no. He like he looks yeah. like a, a, a like his hit box is like balancing on yeah. top of the slide. It's like one of those like mag rails where it's just he was like <laughs> floating <laughs> in the center <laughs> and no friction. He just was shooting right he out. He is of it. the Shinkansen of. Uh, <laughs> and five to 12 year olds only. But that's not stopping grown-ups from trying it out. In fact, they're flocking Grown-ups? Who's <laughs> <laughs> just the clip of the cop again? <laughs> they're the trying to reproduce it. Yeah. How does a child go down that? Check out the blood on this woman's head. It was really scary. I honestly, not to sound dramatic, but I... Waited a few days to post the video because I wasn't sure that I was going to be okay. Come on, man. See, when kids go down the slide, oh it seems pretty placid. Yeah, because yeah, they this, weigh a lot I, less. Okay. for children. All right. Here's my conspiracy theory about this. All right. What happened was all of the adults watched 
the Tide Pod challenge mm. and every other TikTok challenge that has hurt children. And they're like, <laughs> right. well, we need to figure out the thing that doesn't hurt children at all. Right. Never hurts a child, yeah. but will specifically destroy <laughs> you if you are over the age of 18. Yeah. It is a beautiful thing. It finally equalizes the playing field. I right. think this is great. I yeah. think, honestly, it's all good now. Yeah. Everything is okay. We've all, we, it's all been solved. Maybe we figured this it out. Is, it, this could be like a, a fancy engineering solution to prevent adults from mm -hmm. taking up a child's spot on the side. Yeah. I would say when they play the frequency that only children can hear outside yeah. of 7-Eleven. <laughs> exactly. I, I came downstairs this morning and Anastasia and Jacob were watching a video of a physicist explaining <laughs> how it could possibly have happened. <laughs> That's great. And so I want to see, I think we have that. Oh, I have a little fake slide set up here. Oh and this would be like a child with a felt clothing or could be cotton, doesn't really matter. So Double this mass. adult has twice the mass. It's actually yeah. two blocks, but it's the same thing. So doubling the mass doesn't change it, right? Because the frictional force depends on how hard the these two surfaces are pushed together. This is a block with a Teflon base. What? Got it. And so the type of surface you have interacting with the slide really does matter. It is wow. a cop uniform nylon? Is that? I, I guess so, or Teflon or whatever yeah. the equivalent. Like, They're like cops uniforms are engineered great. for a maximum yeah. slide. Uh, the friction I, coefficient is very low. This. This physicist is a genius. This teacher, uh, whatever. I think this is the best thing ever. If you are a physics teacher, you just need to go look at the dumbest videos online yeah. and then be like, okay, let's talk about how dumb that's this was. Literally, that's like, so great. Can meet people where they are. Yeah. Like, let's perfect. make it. I, I think that's, yeah, kudos to this. Can we shout out his name? I don't know. Rhett. Rhett Elaine. That's. Sounds like copyright infringement. Yeah. That's right at Link. Yeah. I heard Rhett and Link. Yeah. This is uh, their, like, when the DBZ feature yeah, they, dance, oh, that becomes please. this. It's like a weird, like, there's no combination, it doesn't make sense, but it is just become this physicist. It makes them not be from the South. <laughs> yes. They gain so much power. <laughs> uh, you said the my um, sleeper agent code phrase, which is DBZ. Yes. Uh, I have been, I've been collecting, Whoa. I started a collection of Dragon Ball DVDs, because I used to collect them when I was a kid and so i've started Amazing. building this collection over here uh can, can you can you leave the couch and bring some over oh is absolutely that not allowed? i can is absolutely that is that I break can. the the kayfabe of this <laughs> we're all locked into our chairs and it's not allowed where'd he go we're like we have no object <laughs> permanence what my dad shaved his beard <laughs> i've been dying to talk about this so oops sorry fantastic so uh <laughs> oh yeah okay so first let, let's do a little uh let's do a little history lesson mm -hmm. so in the beginning uh when funimation first got the license to broadcast dragon ball in mm -hmm. the states um that funimation which is now huge company they're like big biggest anime sort of biggest harbinger of anime yeah. uh, in the united states <laughs> the omen bringer <laughs> yeah. of anime. but uh, uh but when they started they were just a small company in like fort worth mm -hmm. Texas. And so they didn't have their own voice cast. Uh, so they uh, contracted this Canadian voice cast called the Ocean Group. And that for the first like two seasons, like sort of Saiyan Saga, uh, Namek Saga uh, and DBZ, uh, uh, they was a different voice cast. Um, so, Ooh, you know, the It's Over 9000, yes. that was a voice actor named Brian Drummond, mm -hmm. who was the original voice of Vegeta for the Ocean Group. Uh, and then when they came back around, when Funimation brought all their people in-house, 
think there was some union stuff too mm-hmm. or something. But uh, uh, when they brought their people in house, they uh, uh, you know all the voices changed, and then that's where we got the iconic Sean Schimmel as Goku versus like some dude named something Clements. I don't know. But anyway, uh, uh, and and um, Christopher Sabat, who voice of Vegeta. So these Pioneer DVDs, these are the first uh, home release of Dragon Ball with the Ocean Group on them, which is fun. Uh, they have since been redubbed because Funimation has like gone back and re-released the whole series oh, okay. and they want the voice consistency. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but then they also did this thing. Oh, gosh. Okay, so... so uh, <laughs> Get, into so, Get into it. So, you know, the Funimation voice actors, uh, they picked up in the middle of Namek and uh, they started doing voice impressions of the Ocean Group because for consistency's huh. sake, you know, there's people watching this on Cartoon Network. Yeah. So they wanted to make their voice sound, you know, close-ish to the people. Um, but then as the actors, so sort of as time went on and the actors came into their own, they had their own style, their own like more um, creative take on on the characters. And so then they went back again and re-recorded some of those early episodes the because b- yeah, because they were they were doing like impressions. Uh, and fun fact, uh, uh, in Dragon Ball Super, Vegeta fights a clone of himself. and the clone, they got Brian Drummond, the uh, ocean group voice actor uh, to um, to come back and play Vegeta's clone. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, That's fun. And for Canadian, sorry, I, once I stop, once you pop, you just can't stop. For it. Canadian viewers, though, the Ocean Group did uh, dub most of Dragon Ball uh, in Canada, and so there is a separate full dub with the Ocean Group. But, uh, They're all French. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> okay, I'll That's, go That's great. I I will say that the you know like. You live in New York or L.A., you're going to see some celebs and whatever. I don't think I get starstruck very often, but uh, the closest I got to it was I just like went to a random mall one day when we first moved here. uh, And at the, I believe, the Funko store, the Funko Pop store, there was a huge line. And I was like, oh, this can't be important. And then it was Vegeta's voice actor there. And I was like... I, am I gonna buy a Funko Pop? Yeah. Like I was like, this is the first time I've actively thought about ever yeah. buying, like, on of my own volition, purchasing a Funko Pop just so I could go see the guy oh, yeah. who voices in, Vegeta, being like, ah, oh, another for my collection. Yes, I must uh, collect these. So, uh, Demon Slayer. <laughs> One cool thing about uh, Christopher R. Sabat is that he started as like a lowly voice actor, and then he like became like a like a like a producer like in the booth like doing um i don't know what the job is called but when you're behind the booth with the voice actors mm-hmm. doing direction yeah i think direct voice direction or yeah. something like that director uh and then now he's like super high up in funimation because he's been there for like 20 mm-hmm. years uh and then I'll, I'll wrap this up by saying uh a lot of these you can find for like kind of cheap uh, huh. but it's hard to collect the whole set so but the later these are the later dvds these are like things i grew up with um, and I used to collect them as a child or as a teenager, I would go on eBay and I'd find these for like $5 and too I would, old for the slide 13 and up, <laughs> 13 yeah. and up not allowed. Yes. Yeah, great. Uh, so some of these are still sealed, which is kind of wow. cool. Yeah. It's not, it's incredible. That, I think I, I yeah. fell off somewhere in the boo saga. Hey, I want to okay. say, but I, um, I was there for, for all of Cell and Frieza, and I'd say enough that I can talk about DBZ for yeah. hours if need be. Well, it was Did a, you, it's like a peculiar point in time where it's not so much lost media, but it felt so ephemeral because yeah. it, you would tune in and like, hopefully it's, you didn't miss an episode. Yeah. Or, especially in the UK, that it was never a consistent time. It was one of the loop shows. Mm. Yeah. So, oh, Thursday's playing a 
Cell episode, but Wednesday was playing a Saints. Oh my god! And I also my child brain was like, I guess they just wrapped it up off camera. Yeah, Yeah, uh, it must be. So glad they won. The it even gets crazier with the DVD releases because uh, Cell was the last thing to come out on DVD, Uh, and so when I was a kid, I got one of those Kid Boo. like one of the one of the like last episodes of the series on DVD with like a DVD player as like a Christmas or birthday mm-hmm. gift or something, and I wasn't sure when I would see that on TV. But it, you were yeah, you were putting together the pieces, yeah. and as a kid, that kind of added to it. Yeah, I think there was a fun little mystique about it because also you had like that was still the era um, where my older brother's friends would be like, well, I heard they went to Super Saiyan 8 last set. And I was like, no, but they haven't even gone to Super Saiyan 3. What are you talking about? That's not. He's like, well, I saw it because my uncle works at whatever. And like, my, my uncle is Majin Buu. My, yeah. my uncle Piccolo <laughs> yeah. made sure that I could uh, watch the new thing. Oh, it's, uh, so far as I was like young enough at one point where they were just saying that, you know, <laughs> Kaioken was real. And oh, I was yeah. just like, I guess. Yeah. You're oh, there's, older. You're a year and a half older. You would know. Thousands of videos of children trying to go Super Saiyan. And it's one of the uh, most wholesome things you'll ever see. I found, I've like, there's a video. I have a collection of videos that are all like below 10,000 views that mm. I really appreciate and care a lot about. And one of them is of a kid um, explaining his power level and how he's calculated it oh, and yeah. it's the best thing i've ever seen because he's like well what you have to do is you have to like multiply your push-ups by this and i was like that's oh, the exact yeah. thing i would do if i was that kid like that's a hundred percent what i was doing was like trying to figure out being like yeah well if, if i'm talking about power level i definitely need yeah. to make sure that i'm like seeing how many swings i can do right. on a swing set and like it's so important but i just love to see any sort of like random weird small video where it's just like you can tell how passionate whatever this person is passion driven yeah but also deadly sincere yes yeah no passion no like pseudo irony about it so such a beautiful thing we i i don't even want to like push people to it because i you know i'm just cautious of sending like whoever and we'd have to look at the channels we don't remember but while we're at vidcon was it you that stumbled across it or was it Danny and Drew and then we watched it later? Oh. Stumbled across a Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers cosplayer. Yeah. Who? Uh, I think um, I found it, but then it was 40 minutes long and I was the one who was like, hold, <laughs> let's keep watching. So we were, we got a, um, we got an Airbnb because at VidCon, there's like a lot of hustle and bustle and we're mm. all in the hotels, which is nice, but there's nowhere you can chill. Mm. And so we just got an Airbnb like in the neighborhood and could just like sit on the couch and like watch TV, chill mm. out, decompress. And there were two things from uh, we were logged into someone else's YouTube. And that is like a treasure trove of like, what is this person like? Yes, yes. And the first thing we watched was uh, Ninja Kids, which is a... It's like a family channel type thing where the kids are all gymnasts and they're incredibly skilled at doing backflips and things. Amazing. And uh, like ninjas, so to speak. And they do do these act outs of like um, stories. They did a Power Rangers 
inspired story where they were wearing the costumes. They were completely infringing on all of the copyright. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> inspired is pretty charitable. Yeah. <laughs> all the characters were the same names. Okay. Yeah, Bulk yeah, yeah. Skull just in it. Bulk and Skull are in it. Even Bulk and Skull are in it. And so then from that, because the YouTube algorithm is a beautiful, glorious beast, mm. uh, recommended a guy trying on a $2,000 Etsy recreation Mighty Morphin Power Rangers wow. costume. Which okay. from bespoke order took... It took like five years. Five Whoa. Years. Because of the pandemic, this like uh, uh, builder, the person who created the costume. Zordon mm -hmm. um, was killed by COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they, they got super behind. And so they were like reviewing it after five years of waiting. And yeah. so you watch them unbox it. And there, it looks inc like the quality is incredible. Mm. Like uh, it looks like it was on the TV show. And that like... There's still a part of my brain that's like, I need that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And Me then, in five years needs this. <laughs> what happens is that he puts on the mask and or the helmet and he and he's like, um, yeah, it's a little hard to see. It's a little hard to see in here. And it's, it's a little hard to breathe. <laughs> so then the rest of the video is him like, Clearly disappointed. Oh, no. oh, <laughs> but, no. but he's but he can't let it show. Yeah. And so yeah, this is like minute six of oh, the party And so a large portion of the video a large portion it. of the video is him doing poses and fighting yeah, okay. fighting stances in his hallway. Yes. And then and then every time he resets, he he clearly goes like uh it's like the um I think you should leave sketch where I got too much shit on me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he like yes. he like goes I don't even want to be around anymore. Uh, <laughs> and then he's no. like, he's like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he keeps it in. Oh man. Um okay, okay. I think for the bonus, we I do not know if we'll show it on screen because mm -hmm. again, I would be heartbroken yes. if this person got any sort of like harassment. Of course. Of course. Uh, but I will show it to you. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I will show I will, it to you. I will I will get to watch yeah, it. It'll yeah, be yeah. a reaction video, but with nothing in the corner. Yeah, yeah. It will just, just be describing it. In the reflection yes. of your glasses. Yeah. You know, people are just like zooming enhanced just so they can figure <laughs> yeah. out the title. Computer, activate David. Um, <laughs> not Brian. So Brian, uh, one of the things that I don't know if I've ever gotten a chance to talk to you about it, mm. but I was a huge fan of Unraveled. Thank you. Yeah, I, I so like, and that was where I think you first entered my radar. Mm. Uh, I, I was literally pitching it to my partner last night, <laughs> and I was like, "No, it's he read all of Halo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he read all the Halo novels. Like, does he like Halo? I want to say I'm now out of uh, out of date for that. I think there have been two or three more since then, so I'm 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 no longer the the true like. Locked in lore understander. They've got to add. Uh, yes, we don't like Unreal. They, they've sorry. got to add patches to YouTube. Videos. <laughs> yes, uh, hop yeah. into those. Bits. Yeah, you One get the, the DLC. Yeah, old reply style videos from yeah. old YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> reply me. <laughs> that should be allowed because uh, you're never gonna want to update something for just the tiny update. No. But there's no there's no place to put it because you also don't want to destroy the algorithm or mm. whatever by mm -hmm. putting out a weird yeah. partial thing. Super fans. Ultra yeah, fans. Su super fans, uh, big fans of that stuff. Uh, are you proud of that work? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think that's, I, I think I had a lot of people when I left Polygon being like, oh, he must have hated Unraveled. Like, oh, that oh. must have been the thing that, that's why he's left. And it's like, that's not 
why i don't think like were there times that i got frustrated yeah that's sure. work because yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's the thing is that every job has things that you're frustrated uh-huh. by but like specifically unraveled like i am still very proud of the things that i made and like you know i it's always that weird thing where i think most people know me from unraveled most people do and so a lot of people th- think that i am that brian right uh which is very much a different character as, right. a, as a person right right and so i i do sometimes feel like i'm disappointing when i'm like mm. talking to people and they're like oh and so you do want to talk about halo and it's like i haven't read those books i haven't <laughs> talked about them i haven't played a halo game still like i yeah. I, I cared about it and i like put a lot of effort right. into it but it's also like i that was the thing that i was doing for work and then i went home and didn't want to do that anymore right because it's, I was it's doing a natural it course of of things too but, but yeah. that's with anything it's like you spend so much time with something you know even if it was uh, a labor of love there is like when you pollute your work with something that you're Mm -hmm. passionate about you can sometimes need space to not like hate the thing it's a labor of work yeah you are a labor of love yeah when you're like at polygon i realized like maybe a year and a half in i was like why am i continuously being drawn to games that look really bad <laughs> and that was like somewhere in the mid time of me working at polygon i was like when i go home i play video games that are bad to look at or you know like nice to look at but don't make good videos right and that was the thing is that i was like oh i'm protecting myself so i can have this game that can be the thing that i enjoy right. because like <laughs> when i first went and i uh had my interview like my final interview with polygon um uh, uh chris grant who uh was at the time the editor-in-chief was like oh cool and so like we had a good interview and then he was like oh and um so like you know outside of making videos and playing music and playing video games what are your hobbies and i was like I have to have more than those things. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I I used to rock climb a lot and I haven't been able to since I just moved to New York, but I'm thinking about getting back into it. And so that's going to be my hobby. But that moment where they're like, yeah, that's those three things that you love doing that you now do for work. It's like, so what else do you have? And it's like, I don't have anything. Do you have a way to fill your time while you don't have to analyze things critically? (laughs) Something to not think about while your eyes are wide open trying to go to sleep? (laughs) Exactly. I get that question. What are those clowns on your wall? Yeah. <laughs> I get that question also, and I never have a good answer for it because the stuff I do outside of work is like trying to relax mm-hmm. and then also just like spend time with people who yeah. I care about, you yes. know, because it's easy to spend so much time working yeah. and I, I love the work that I do, mm-hmm. but also... I try to, you know, it's like the, the Dragon Ball Z collection thing yeah. is never something that's going to be in a video. Yes. It's really just like reconnecting. Except with for like, right now in this specific this podcast. This is the greatest <laughs> thing where I I'm, can forget the cameras are here and I'm just yeah. like, I just need to talk about yeah. this. I, li- I mean, when yeah, Sad Boys is specifically the outlet for, I just love, me and Jarvis are better friends for doing Sad Boys. I yeah. think like we grow that's closer nice. by doing the show. Yeah. Because it's also what we talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think Sad Boys, labor of love and work, certainly. Mm-hmm. But it does have that uh, uh, hybrid effect of being pretty rejuvenating as well. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's still a couple hours recording. I go home a little burned. I'll take some time, maybe yeah. do some more work. But that, like, I, if I stream or I'm reviewing an edit, recording another video, getting an ad ready, something like that, there's a uh, net tiredness. Yes. There's a net drain. Yeah. And I think when you set your own metrics of success, which we have to do Mm. there is no third party doing that yeah Um, which ultimately is great it's nice to be (laughs) not to get to be your own bosses Mm. 
you're also the the meanest, least compromising boss that you yeah. can possibly have. For sure. And I, yeah, I, I don't think it's any kind of grand secret that yeah, it creative stuff burns. It right? definitely that I think like I I finally Champagne problems, have yeah. a <laughs> hobby that oh. is unmonetizable and it's great. And I just I uh, am like I go and I throw pottery and Ooh. like I'm bad at it, which is the best thing in the yeah. world. It's the first thing that I've ever been like actively bad at at the very beginning and been like. I still want to keep doing this. And like, that was, I think so much in my life has always been like, if I try something and I'm not immediately great at it, I'm never going to touch it again. Right. And like, it's so easy to, there's so many things you can be doing that it's just like, well, if I'm stuck at this, I'll just quit it immediately. Who cares? I'm not, I'm done. But like, that was the first thing that I ever did. And I was like, I'm so bad at this. This is actively hard. But like when I go in, maybe it's the fact that like, I hands covered in clay. I can't think about anything else. Mm, I can't right. touch my phone. Also, yeah. I'm so focused on trying to be better that I'm like, I can't do anything else with my brain. And it's like the best thing ever. And I'm so happy. I've now, it feels like I, I am now like monetizing it because I've talked about it and like this thing where I've talked about it on in separate places where yeah, I'm, yeah, but yeah. I also like, it's just nice to have that other thing that I know I'm like I'm never going to open an Etsy shop and sell my right. pots like I'm never yeah. going to do that maybe if you're a friend of mine I'll give you one or yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it but that's the extent of it how and like that, it's so nice how did that get in your ecosystem how- it was something that I like had thought about for a while when I was growing up and like I I after college when I was truly just like out of a job had nothing else the first time I did get a job I was like you know what I'm gonna spend this money and I'm gonna do, go do a different class of something so that I was in Baltimore when I first started throwing and uh, I was again just trash at it but it was still like the thing where I had to force myself to leave the house and go to this other place and right. do it and then uh, when I was in uh, New York I like there was a little gap and then I got back into it and then the pandemic happened right as I felt like I was starting to get good at it and I was like well I can't do this anymore because I live in an apartment in New York and it's this is the messiest possible hobby you <laughs> right. could ever have uh, and then when I finally when we moved out here I found another place and I was like oh you know what I'm going to this is the thing I'm going to spend my money on is like yeah. going to classes and doing these things. And it's also really great because like most of the people in my, in the like clay studio tend to be like older people who are retired and just want to like throw. And then there's like some people who are just incredible, incredible artists. That's annoying, um, isn't it? It's very, bit. it's both like really cool to like walk by them and be like, I could never do that. Mm. And I, but like try to learn a little bit of something as you're watching right. someone else do it. Um, but it's, it's very just like, I get to go here and it's I'm just like a random dude and there's nothing and no one no one's like coming over and being like mm, a shoddy worksmanship yeah. I don't think that will sell very well <laughs> it's like no I just get to throw my shitty little mug and then no, that's maybe so use good. it later and, and it's you, great and you can go by Brian and no one's gonna be Brian exactly. David Gilbert yeah it's, it's fantastic <laughs> making bad pottery <laughs> how dare you but uh, uh, it's it, been it's been great is throwing explicitly the, the the pump and the little spinner? The wheel, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't have to. It's not the old timey pumping. It's mm, the right. there's just a little um, a little you know pedal that you press down, but it's the spinny one. Oh, which that's is cool. Fun. That's cheating. It's it's great. <laughs> it's a very good. It's a great hobby to learn patience because uh, you can screw up your stuff at every single step of it, and everyone's like, oh, and this is the hardest part, and this is the part where people tend to screw it all up, and it's like, oh, you've said that about every step right. of the process right. so that's far. A, I interesting. Know. I think. The part of it, the phone is probably, but not to be like mm-hmm. a black mirror. What if your phone was your dad or whatever? <laughs> what if your phone had hit you with a car? Yes. Uh, but there is a, I don't know, like I used to uh, 
Sw- swimming was like the, the the athletic thing that I mm-hmm. did in like school and, and college. And I was insane, you know, because I was unmedicated and myself. And as a result, I was like, I would be very hypermanic for extended periods of time on and off and have, you know, just make a whole roast chicken, eat that, play Dark Souls, not do my essay, sleep at mm-hmm. 11 a.m., wake up at 8 p.m., go swimming. And swimming was the only thing I seemed to keep doing. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I'm like, oh, I must just like really, really, really like swimming. Mm-hmm. And I do. But not, I don't think for the same kind of serotonin rush dopamine dump that a lot of people enjoy out of uh, working out and the like because the gym gives me that swimming is so isolating you cannot you can't even engage with ambient noise Mm -hmm. you can't sit there and like even the splashing or or is is all you can have it's like shower thoughts but you don't have time to dwell on the negative ones yes and then I would have said this because instead it's like and then I all right I gotta stop I'm like running out of breath yeah I gotta (laughs) take another breath go back under yeah that's definitely I think that the uh, it's at some point it feels sad the amount of times that I'm like I gotta find hobbies that mean that I can't look at other shit like I have to I gotta make sure that I am looking at just whatever I'm doing but it also I think that there's a lot of times that you do need to force yourself to do that that otherwise because there have been other hobbies i like i also love to like sew and stuff and i those are great but it also is like i'm at home and Mm -hmm. there's always that feeling of like well i guess i could be doing something else i could be editing something or i could be like trying to make this other thing and and having to go to a separate place and yeah going to a separate place it's like going to a separate place is huge Uh, no none of the stimuli reminding you of work and the like mm -hmm. i mean we were just in canada for a few days yeah we but we, we had like a chill time just hanging out in the oh, hotel but so like chill. so many kit kats three ate a lot of kit kats oh brian brian good kit kats different kit kats. different oh. it's different i don't know okay. if it's the, British. the supply is it, chain is because i know i obviously know like japanese kit kats yeah are way above these American are just kit kats. standard these ass are... kit kats but it's a. Uh, I think it's a chocolate thing like oh. the supply chain i think it's they're clo- okay. previously jordan identified them as being closer to european all right i know i had when i i, I studied in edinburgh for a year and i had a bunch of friends who would always be like i tried hershey chocolate and it was like chalk and yeah. i was like you're right but also i don't like the connotation yeah there. yeah um, also i don't know who you are let go, let <laughs> yeah, go of please, me please, please. i don't know yeah, um, yeah, who are band. you i tell you just heard i had an american accent I don't- what is unraveled why do you know about that <laughs> yeah in the past <laughs> but uh yeah no i've heard better chocolates but yeah we were we were just uh we were just chilling and it was just nice to get a i think g- jumping back a little bit to you know you were working at this large company or extension mm. of an even larger company you mm. know uh where i'm sure there's a lot of red tape but it's like it's like the cons of like a large organization is mm-hmm. there's a lot of red tape it's hard to get it's hard to move quickly yeah but the pros are there's a lot of infrastructure there's a lot of support there's health insurance you know what i mean and um and also there's someone you're accountable to that is Mm -hmm. like it almost feels like you're in school where you want to get a good grade Mm -hmm. you know because you're getting i don't know if this is for your case but for our case it's like you're getting performance reviews and things like that Mm -hmm. and transitioning uh you know for us and i'll speak for myself for me from working where I felt like I was a good little worker bee to being my own boss was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, what was that transition like for you? It was it was very difficult. I think that like <clears throat> the thing that I, I 
it's not a joke. Whenever I say I'm like, I, I'm like, it's like a half a joke when I'm like the two best things that I got at Polygon were one meeting my fiance, Karen, uh, and then two watching a union get formed. Cause that was so, it's so pivotal to like, I, I can't imagine what I would be like if I didn't, if I wasn't there as the union was getting made, because like, the that was the thing that I think I was saddest to leave when I did mm. leave Polygon was because like it, it's it's very funny to talk about any corporation especially in these times of multiple strikes in Hollywood yeah. uh, and like how unions in general I would say that they are a, a very big bonus for the company that has been so actively trying to not have the union mm. form. Because whenever people are like, oh, would, would it be cool to work at Vox Media in general? I'm like, yeah, they have a great union. Mm -hmm. And that's why you should go work there. Right. That's specifically the thing that makes it good. And so like the, the health insurance, the like parental There's leave protections. that they have now. There's yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah. of great yeah. stuff that they have now. Um, and I think that that was like the... the you know, I guess I'm getting a little off topic in terms of like becoming my own boss, but no, like no, no. I think something that really drained me toward the end of my work at Polygon was that I had a a boss, not specifically from Polygon, but like in the Vox Media umbrella, talking to us about like somebody in our group had a question about like promotions and like how you rise up through the air through through this like weird media landscape. And point blank, they were like, "Well, the two main ways that you can get a raise." or become a higher tier is by either becoming a manager or becoming internet famous. And those are the two things. And I think that was like- <laughs> We are not here for you. Yeah, it was like such a, I, like I knew it obviously beforehand, yeah. but hearing it point blank said that way, I was just like, you are, first off, a lot of people shouldn't be managers. A lot of people don't have that skill set. Yeah. And if you are an incredible writer, you sh you might not be a good manager. I know personally, I'd be a terrible manager. I think I make okay stuff. But if I were to be like, okay, well, I need to move up the ranks. I guess I have yeah. to become head of video or whatever. It's also a skill. It's a separate skill set exactly. that you have to ha have a desire to learn. Yeah, yeah you home. have to be internet famous or get really good at pottery. Yeah. Yes. It's just a completely different thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like I was a manager. Uh, uh, I was an engineering manager at Patreon my last year there. And I fortunately had like a lot of good mentorship and a mm -hmm. lot of uh, kind of guardrails and people in my corner with support. And then I also took a lot of uh, uh, seminars and I read management books and mm -hmm. I, you know, I had the like VP of engineering that I was like checking in with and had people that I could ask questions about because at the end of the day, I was responsible for people's <laughs> careers and that's like a huge weight. Yeah. Um, it feels nice too to be the almost the uh, it's not a direct comparison but in the same way that we're saying like it's satisfying at school to have clear boundaries and goals set so that when you hit those goals mm -hmm. and they're achievable you feel satisfied yeah. being the goal setter can be nice mm -hmm. and being the person responsible for someone feeling fulfilled is nice also being if you're internet famous you don't need the corporation that's the, that's the <laughs> other thing now they're, they're extracting all of this excess value that you're producing yeah it's independently wealthy yeah. yeah like the thing that i think i mean it's you see it again and again with like the buzzfeeds and the vox medias and the stuff is like as soon as you become a certain level the sure. company doesn't do a thing for you anymore and the but the on the opposite end of that spectrum like I, you know, I can, I won't say her name, but a good friend of mine at Polygon worked on guides at Polygon. And um, her, at least when I left, um, her guide uh, for Animal Crossing paintings was the number one most viewed uh, 
of all time across all of the Vox media platforms, across Eater, across Vox, across like uh, right. uh, Verge. It, it was the number one viewed thing. And like right. her single job there bankrolled all of us, basically. That, yeah. that like all of the guides that she did, all of the rest of the guides. And like, yeah. I also know then the reason I'm not like trying to speak about any specific person is that I knew a lot of guides writers who didn't want to be known on the internet because especially in a video game space, yeah. you are very much a lightning rod, especially if you're a woman, especially if you are a person of color. Like so many things, if you are working in the video game space and you are doing this stuff, you don't want your face to be out yeah. there. You don't want that. Oh. Like we understand that. And so I mean, there's a lot of even people in development who are very like, despite the fact that they are artists, are like proactively decentralizing themselves yeah. as a, we're just, we are Sony Santa Monica. We yes. are not people that work there. We are, an, we are a yes. monolith because we don't want to get yelled at yeah, for or, feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, like you still see stuff like with like CD Projekt Red and stuff like where like something will go wrong or people will like at the end of the day people will not be satisfied with their entertainment product and they, they yes. will harass human beings yes. that were just doing their job mm -hmm. you know it's like never any individual's fault like the the uh, a team is working in concert to like mm -hmm. build something but then there's a narrative that kind of catches some sort of viral fire that like some person or something is like the fault yes it, it, and then it's a disaster. Yeah. yeah. And so like in those situations, I, you know, not only fully understood those guide writers who didn't want their faces and names to be known, but I also like in that same vein, it was actively hurting their career because the way that you move up in the business is by being internet famous or being a manager. Yeah. And that's neither of those things, even though they're, you know, like my, uh, the entire guides group, like truly not the people that you might think of if you sure. know of Polygon or anything, but the backbone of the whole system, yeah, yeah. right? And like, they shouldn't necessarily be managers because they're so good at writing guides, yeah. right? Like that's the thing that they're great at. And they are earning all of this money for and the company. And they want to do that. And they want to do that. <laughs> and it's like, that's their skill set. They are very good at it. Yeah. Why can't you give them a raise? Yep. Like, why can't you see that that is enough of it? Like that being good at one thing should be enough. Is yeah. my opinion. I, it's been so unsupported that I'm only right now realizing what a cash cow that service is. Yeah. I've always been involved in and loved games media, and I'm only right now going like, oh wait, yeah. shit, that's so much money. Guys that's is so the important. biggest thing. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. The uh this problem exists in a number of industries and it definitely exists in tech, uh, which I know about because I like was like mm -hmm. a part of it, but uh only recently have I seen tides shifting more towards uh, like people who there's this term I see or individual contributor, um, which is distinct from a manager. Right. And so like the I think that there's this kind of old hat view, which is what you're describing, where there's this like ceiling of like how high you can reach as an IC. And one of my really good friends. Uh, I was talking about him before the show, like uh, one of my childhood friends, one of the smartest people I know, I would trust him with to so solve any problem. You know what I mean? He's a person I'd want in my corner. Really just wants to like uh, do his job and be really good at it. And, does, and wants to, like he's had one-on-ones with his uh, manager where they're like, what are your career goals? And he's like, I just want to do, I don't mm -hmm. want to 
I don't want to grow the way you want me to grow. Yeah. I don't want to be these other things. I want to just do my thing. Mastery, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that that should be enough. Yeah. And it's so, uh, I think it requires like a bit of a shift in thinking that it's going to take time, like industries, for, for industries to like, yeah. on the whole, like recognize this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the, you know, if I'm going <laughs> to blow it out to all labor in general, I think that there are two extremes that most executives want to push people and they are either to uh, basically you work at the Ford factory and all you do is screw in this screw and that's yeah. all you do. And it's like you never learn to build that's the car. That's the Apple model. Yeah, so it's like, like very like isolated. Exactly. You never learn a skill. You just are doing the one thing that you do really well and that's yeah. all it is. Okay. And then I think on the opposite end, we have a lot of media and like even just existing as an internet creator, which is like, you have to be good at every aspect of it. Mm -hmm. This is, and I think that was a thing, especially in a lot of New York media was like, oh, well, why would we hire a lighting person and a camera person when we could hire one person who is kind of good at lighting and has turned on a camera before and also can host it because then and we just have to we, pay one we salary. pay them the rate of any of, of those individuals exactly yeah. just the one thing and uh, as a result like <laughs> i think i've said this before but there was a time uh, at polygon you can watch the videos change because uh there was a moment when an actual lighting person who worked at vox media came and gave us all a workshop on oh, how to use yeah. the lights and then the videos look way better <laughs> to yeah. that point and it was just like this is such a simple thing that like you know, I, I it, it feels very much that in the current economic world we live in, you have to be a jack of all trades, not because that's what you should be, but because it's easier to pay one person yeah. one salary as opposed to being like, well, yeah. we could get three, four, five people and make this something really good. It's just right. like people yeah. don't appreciate. I think the further you are from the craft, the f less you appreciate mm. craft. I remember there was like an understandably very uh protagonisty energy at film school where every well 90 percent of people that joined were like i'm writer director as the thing i'm obviously yes. that's the main guy yeah protagonist to, energy and then we get to the final year and we realize that like all of the most effective roles are the craft people mm -hmm. the quote below the line mm -hmm. sick always the most sickening term yeah. because they have to master something that you don't intuitively mm -hmm. know how to do. Yeah. Maybe if you have Riz, you can do executive <laughs> producing or directing, but yeah. there is nothing like a product will be dog shit if the audio is mm -hmm. bad. That's it. There is yeah. there is no like audio bothers, bad, really bad audio bothers people. Bad visuals don't bother people as much. Yeah. Yeah. Bad lighting confuses people because there's a cinematic language to, mm -hmm. to like the visuals. Yeah. It's, it can even look I like can't watch Ted Lasso because the lensing is so fucked up. It I just, have not watched, but I've seen at least clips of it. It gives me vertigo. Like it, it's just so, aperture's so wonky. Everything's got the mm. most bokeh ever. And I, I can understand an executive looking at it and saying, well, this is so high fidelity. Mm -hmm. yeah. Look how much cinematography is there. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much lensing. Yeah. I, um, if you are ever interested in a, a real 
wild documentary that Disney put out, I think, to make them look good, but definitely <laughs> makes them look the opposite. <laughs> you should watch the Frozen 2 making of documentary. Uh, this was suggested to me by a friend, and um, I was like, I'm not going to watch like a six-part miniseries about Frozen 2. And then I watched the first episode and was like, I guess I'm watching it. Yeah. Because like the way that they run it is so business that it it like doesn't... I understand why Frozen 2 is the way that it is, which is, you know, fine. It's okay. It's great. And there's yeah. a lot of incredible artists who worked on it, yeah, right? Yeah. Really, really fantastic people who worked on it. Um, but also, there is this, like, one scene that I can't stop thinking about, which is, like, midway through, like, a couple of years before it's supposed to come out, they invite basically every director who's ever directed a Disney movie to come in and watch the animatic of it that they have. Uh, and then they do a big, like four hour long workshop with all of the directors <laughs> giving notes on this thing. Okay. And so like, even assuming like these are great directors, these are people who've yeah. produced a lot of good stuff, but it's like, this is just a hodgepodge of people. It's like you're bringing in 80 people to talk about a single thing that doesn't even have a direction at that point in yeah, time. Okay? It's like the definition of design by committee. Exactly. Yeah. It's truly just like, and every other aspect of it, there's some even wilder stuff that yeah. happens. But, wow. it, but like watching that was such a an eye-opening experience in terms of like, oh, I see that what these, some of these executives are asking the animators to be like, oh, could you fully animate that for me before I sign off on it? And then they'd watch the fully animated thing and be like, actually, I don't like it like that. And then it's gone. And it's like a, a person with imagination should be able to look at the animatic yeah. and not ask someone to do 20 hours of work and then and be able to say, hey, you know what? I think this this feels a little wrong Ugh. here. Like you should you should have that base knowledge in that point yeah. so that way you're as as someone who it's it, like not to boil it down too much but also to boil it down too much it's like you put something in front of someone with no imagination and they're gonna see it exactly as, as it is yeah. as opposed to and they're like well why is the lighting wrong it's like we didn't put in the yeah, lighting yeah, yet yeah, yeah, we were just yeah, yeah. showing you the character animation right, that's right, all right. the movie's so short yeah, yeah. <laughs> this doesn't have any color in it I don't what's, get it. what's going on why here? is it not colored where's yeah. Olaf yeah. <laughs> uh, it's and I think uh, if we're going to talk about animation and also that kind of thing, if we want to talk about I was uh, talking about doing all of the jobs that you can do. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, uh, so right now, Writers Guild is on strike. Yes. SAG AFTRA is on strike. Yes. Okay. Um, something that isn't on strike is the Animation Guild, which is part of IATSE, which is right. a very overarching union, takes care of all of the crew and everything else. Right. Um, but the what's what's fun about them is that they uh, the Animation Guild like they don't count as writers so they can still keep producing their own stuff right now right um and it's not scabbing and it's fine it's a totally different union yeah um but like the way that so many storyboard written shows or storyboard driven shows for animation work is that it's like the the writers are the ones who are also drawing the pictures for the storyboards and then they are usually involved in other parts of the process too right uh, which means that these storyboarders are writers and they're also artists and they're also directors because they mm. are figuring out the framing of all the shots yeah. and they're also lighting designers because they're yeah. figuring out yeah. where the lighting's going to be in all of those shots and they're also like comedians usually and there's a bunch of other stuff but it's like that doesn't count as writing that's not writing and also they never get like writing credit or like I'd I could be speaking wrong, but I'm fairly certain there's not the same sort of residuals process for, right. for the animation. And so it's just a lot of like, that can come down to the fact that a lot of execs are like, well, 
oh animation that's not that's not real art right. like that's not oh you're not a real writer if you you take your little cartoon boys and you make them kiss yeah. it's not real like <laughs> you are only a real writer if you work on NCIS Memphis or whatever <laughs> yeah. right like we what? actually have a little game that we've been playing where we try to guess which isn't a real show uh you should pull up the one we did last week for Brian uh, just because it's a hoot, okay. uh, but yeah, I think you you raise a really good point. I mean, even when, like, in the '90s, when like The Simpsons, and then like late '90s when Family Guy started to come around, mm-hmm. every, or in South Park and stuff, it's like, no, no, no. It's animation, but get this for adults. What the <laughs> yes. hell? Yes, yeah. and I think there are there are some animated shows. I think Family Guy is a WGA show, which I think is usually just a result of like whoever's the head being like, "This is a WGA show," right. and I'm not going to budge on that. And they're yeah. like, "Well, okay, you're the guy, so yeah, I guess yeah, I got to yeah. do it." And you um, kind of need. It's almost like. Um, where we're like, please, Bill Gates, solve the world's problems. Where it's like, please, Seth MacFarlane, be a good guy. I, yeah. You know, like, be a homie, dude. Yeah. Like, I guess solidarity. It probably also depends how much you are in traditional media before you pivot. Like, mm-hmm. Seth MacFarlane, very explicitly an actor, writer, and director yeah. prior to yeah. making. Yeah. The most sick and twisted <laughs> sense of humor. It's like the Joker made a show? Yeah. What the heck? I know. We've got a pretty dark and twisted sense of humor here on Sad Boys, yeah. so uh, not watched, everybody gets it. Yeah, you watched Top 15 Darkest Stewie moments? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, my watch, favorite watch of Mojo. all of them. Um, Top 15. Ju- jumping back, uh, one real yes. quick thing before we jump to the, uh, the our little game now that we're going to p- yes, put on you. can't wait. Is... Uh, the jack of all trades like master of none approach is like if you're an individual if you're like a young you know you're in high school going into college or maybe you're not going to college you want to go into a trade there is value in having Mm -hmm. like those skills and if you can work at a company to hone those skills Mm -hmm. you should always be looking at like what can a company do for you uh for your own selfish Mm -hmm. goals because the company is never going to value like like they just don't care at all they just aren't gonna like they're not gonna give a shit about you you have to glean as much value as you can because you're already being extracted for your value yeah i mean they not to be overly cynical about it but that is just a material reality of anyone in an executive position Mm -hmm. because 99 percent of the time it's through nepotism or being enough of a sociopath to screw over anybody that would have changed that right because the, so, the other thing you were saying about like oh yeah become internet famous or become a manager it's a little bit like the um just be president like the, like you have to be <laughs> yeah. like a you have to have a certain thing it. wrong with your brain to like want to <laughs> gather and yeah. like yeah. have as much power as possible yes. yeah. and in, in people who aren't wired that way are like at a disadvantage in these organizations because there's a strong bias in meetings for people who uh, are loud and can take up all the space and mm. you know like they like there's not a good yeah. well-rounded balance for people who communicate differently there's just so many yes. situations and flaws yeah I, I think oh sorry go ahead. oh yeah no i was just gonna say like it, the, you're right there's like such value to being able to know as much as you can about as much as you can especially if you want to do like film stuff or or anything related to it it's good to like have a even if you are never going to touch lighting, it's good to be able to speak the language. So that way you can like talk about it to mm-hmm. whoever you're working with or To whatever. ask questions of someone that does know better than exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. right? And, but I also think that like the, in the same vein, extracting as much as you can from that, like do that and also figure out what it is of of the process that you actually like because like yeah. for me working at polygon it, what what really like 
led me to it was I was like, oh, the thing that I love is writing. The thing that I love doing is getting to write these scripts. And like, you know, since moving out here and my partner and I write and stuff and like, it was very, it's both very confirming. Like when we've gotten to write on stuff, I've left and I've been like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, this is the best and I can't stop thinking about it. I'm just so pumped. And then like, you know, in the gaps between jobs, I'm like, everything sucks. Go die, I guess now. But like that feeling of realizing like at a certain point, it was not the being on camera. It was not the like watching views go up. The thing that I really loved was writing and like making it. And like that was so helpful to me. And it's still something that I'm grappling with as I go. But it's just like once I figured that out and I was like, oh, this I don't need the outside validation as much. I still need enough of it because we're all broken inside. But we uh, but I I I gain so much joy from the process of making it that it's yeah. like that's the thing that I know I can always come back to yeah. and actually enjoy. Yeah, and one of the best things you can get out of a, a job or a workspace is the if you if it's almost like a um sponsored learning like like the in the best case scenario yeah. in the worst case scenario you're being extracted for your labor and you don't have any like yeah. agency or any time to do the things you love. Mm-hmm. And in the best case Ooh, scenario cry, cry, cry. And in the best case scenario you found yourself fortunately in a position where you can hone skills that you want to to hone mm-hmm. or learn what you like and be sort of funded in doing yes. that uh and have like a bit of a safety net. Um do you explicitly yeah for that identify as a writer right now is the I don't know. It's that weird sort of transitional period where also right now there's a writer strike. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of hard to be like, yes, I'm a writer. For, like, I, I am so grateful that I, I mainly have pottery. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really more of a potter these days. So that's the I'm doing the Seth Rogen route of uh, getting right. through to writing just so I can start selling my pottery right. online. Um, but no, I think that like. In, in the best times, I truly, I, I now don't feel as weird when I say I'm a writer, which mm-hmm. I think is a very hard thing to get through. When right. I, like, getting to that point is next to impossible, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I also am so grateful that I have, like, the other videos that I get to make and the Patreon I have and stuff where I'm able to, in a strike still pay rent right? right like those i i also fully rec- like i i want to say i'm a writer and at some point maybe i will not make as many videos and i'll be able to just do that as like my full-time job and that'd be great but i also like am so grateful that i am still a weird internet content creator that yeah I, I mean i think that is a one of the great privileges that we have i think at this point in our careers is some of that agency to kind of follow your curiosity uh and still have like look this all burns down i still can be a software engineer (laughs) i still got that computer science degree (laughs) gathering dust but i mean it's nice to have like space for fucking up Mm -hmm. like to explicitly miss the goals that you set for yourself or even that I don't know, the uh, very reasonable expectations you have for what you should be putting out, especially like under contracted work, right? Because there is that safety net. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, without naming names, none of them are like close friends of ours, but we, through doing partnership stuff at Patreon, especially a lot of the creators that I knew, not as peers, but as clients or as uh, partners, or more often creators that were like, uh, three steps away from the agent that introduced us or something like mm. that. I think there's a little bit, just a, just a tad of indulgence in the struggling artist aesthetic. Mm. And 
maybe some deliberate obscurity about their income and success and until maybe you go more inside baseball you may not account for the fact that like yeah they're like a video game let's play they make a video every day nothing gets striked and they get nine hundred thousand views per day yeah. and it is yeah. it's it's a little distracting mm -hmm. and i think it's very healthy to you know uh disassociate from being a traditional quote writer because you may not be struggling with some of the things that come with that yeah but ideally we just live in a world where the trials and turbulations currently associated with being a writer just don't exist anymore and once they're gone all the other writers get to stay writers as well yes. <laughs> it's, not, it's yes. not only hardship it's not only working with netflix that gives you like <laughs> yes. the validation yeah definitely uh let's do the game yes. i wonder I mean, okay, what but, I will say, Jarvis, you had a, uh, with one, I think you get a mulligan, right? If you slip one up, you get to do it again. Yeah. Okay. You had a perfect game. You did guess wow. all I'm built different though. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're, you're a soy cuck beta. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be failing this the entire time. <laughs> I just think it's fun because it feels like they all shouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so can I ask, like, is there a, a percentage of a true to fake? Yes, yeah, he'll give you so the... So there are three chunks. Okay. Some would call them segments. <laughs> I would call them chunks, British. Okay. Let's say rounds. Okay. Let's say chunks. Okay. Keep it chunks. <laughs> this is a new world. I will burn this show to the ground. <laughs> it's already happening. <laughs> These are some of the most popular network TV shows. Okay. Which is a odd thought because I, I think it's like especially as maybe content creators or you know we're all young as fuck really like, you know like young, young creators i just learned to drive i was born in 1990 you know whatever you know what i'm saying uh, no i was born in the late 70s i was, I was born in the 2000s dude. <laughs> yeah, 9 11 what's that i wasn't, wasn't born <laughs> but you wouldn't hear about it <laughs> what something happened yeah wow yeah I we sh should probably not be doing this we have to discuss with jarvis the, ter the, the terrible uh tragedy what yeah um uh, to be honest if i want to uh pull up a few more for the next and we play this game there's probably just a whole contingent of 9-11 movies i could oh, frame sure. but yes. uh these are network tv shows all but my fake titles okay are ranked amongst the most popular that's how i ended up finding them okay a couple spin-offs right. a lot of these uh you'll you'll start to see a trend of titles things Great. that maybe grab the algo Great. it's definitely got uh the the worst X or Y YouTube algorithm approach, like whatever hit last time. Yes. TikTok's gone weird. You know, one of those. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, that was we, the title of my last video, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it has gone weird, shit. So, and I'm actually crushing it, so relax. <laughs> yeah, relax. 900 views, 900 views a day. 900 whole views. It's a dollar a video, a dollar a view, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have in this first chunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, like cope, cope. <laughs> uh, we have one fake. Okay. Second turn will be two fakes. Third, we'll also have two fakes. Okay. Round one. Chill oh, point. sorry. You should do the theme song. I was oh yeah. Um, there's a bunch of shows that get a lot of views, and this is except for there's one fake. In the first Where is it? There you go. <laughs> yep. That's great. Where is the fake? Yeah. <laughs> uh, section one. Special ops. Rescue special ops. Special ops mission. 
Special Ops Online, Special Ops Lioness, and Special Ops Crime Squad UK. Oh, man. Uh, I feel like it has to be... I, I want it to be Special Ops Online as the fake one, but I don't think it is. I... Just when you look at all these shows, do yeah. you think you think, man, they've done it again? What are these on Fox? I don't even oh, know. Oh yeah. Well, I. That's. I will say a lot of these are evenly spread across the networks, which I think maybe just speaks to mm-hmm. the generic success. Yeah, of true. Them. I personally think it would be the funniest if the uh, special ops was the fake one. <laughs> if all of the other spinoffs, they just a spinoff to fake show. Uh, you know, I. You know, I'm gonna. I think it's special ops mission. I think that's the one that's fake. Would you like to go orange, which is the term they use on uh, British who wants to be a millionaire because the little thing turns orange? Would you say it? Uh, yes. All right. But I'd like to go orange. It's special ops online, you oh, stupid asshole. You, you no. had it. You, you almost I trusted was your right. gut. I just, I, I faked myself out. Lioness oh. is real, by the yeah, way. Yeah, sure. We got obsessed with with looking into special ops lioness. I it has to be okay. Here's my pitch. If if someone were to be like, here's the show title that we have right, pitch right, off right. of it. It's based on uh, one of the female agents from a former thing who had the nickname lioness, and she's super cool. And it's watching her as she goes and does her special ops. Mission. I mean, pretty much right on the money. Okay. It's like a real show with like it stars actors. extremely <laughs> famous actors like Samuel. Jackson is what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's who's the lioness? It's like uh, someone extremely famous. Is Zoe Saldana? Oh is Zoe gosh. Saldana, yeah. Oh yeah, my Zoe God. Saldana is the lioness. Oh, Morgan, I'm Freeman. Sorry, Zoe. Morgan Freeman's in it. Morgan Freeman? What? Nicole Kidman, of course. Nicole of AMC Kidman fame. Is here? That yeah. can't be right. Yeah, no, none of it feels real at all. Well, oh, it, we also watched the trailer and it is truly one of the most like, you know, <laughs> actually you could be in the CIA because some people just wear Oakleys. <laughs> Some people wear oak leaves, but they're also allowed to shoot minorities. That's it. That's <laughs> the it's actually kind of sick. And torture works. Wow. And, hey, Zoe Saldana is one of you guys. That's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. cool. Incredible. It's well, based on the trailer too. It's all just like we have to stop terrorist groups. That's that's great. Is this a is this a, a Paramount? Is that what I'm seeing? A Paramount Plus? That makes sense. Makes yeah. sense to me. That seems right. That's where I would say all of the shows that I have heard are pretty good, but also have always said, huh? Whenever yeah, it's been brought yeah. up in conversation. Me and my partner are very committed to, we've always loved Next Generation, which a lot of Star Trek Next Generation. It's all on. And the foundation of us dating was re-watching it together. That's just great. Being like, oh, just a couple of people, a couple of friends watching it. There's <laughs> nothing weird we're making out. Yeah. Uh, there is, it's all there. You can just watch all of Star Trek Next Generation. So I am a parasite on her account because it is like truly. So I've browsed the rest a little bit. It's nothing. Yeah. They look like uh, if you watch a show and there's a show in the show. Mm, what yeah. are we doing? Get special a Ops that. Online we're watching tonight. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do round two. Yes. Jump two. Round two. Jump two two fakes this time. Okay. The Chicago Code. Okay. Chicago Knights. Chicago PD. Chicago Med. Chicago Justice. Chicago Party Ant. Chicago colon a cop story. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> I think Chicago Party Ant is the one that's is one fake. I have to. Um, uh, but uh, but that being said, it is the most compelling of the names on there. So I wish it weren't. Um, 
there's no way Chicago a cop story is <laughs> real. There can't, there can't be. They have a lot of those. They got. A- yeah, they do have a lot of cops. Technically, all of these are a cop story. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm gonna. There's two fakes in this one. Yeah, two fakes. There's two fakes. Okay, party ants, and the Chicago code. I feel like I could see any of the other ones, maybe. Or am I faking myself out again? My brain's been broken. All of these are real in my mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm say I'm going orange on the two that I just said: Party Ant and Chicago Code. Do you recall which ones they are? Do I recall? Mm-hmm. I fucking don't. Well, it doesn't matter. I know Party Ant's real though. You no. got both and you missed. No. <laughs> Wait, what were your two? What was the other one you said? Party Ant. And code. code. Yeah, that one's Sh- real. Chicago Code real. PD oh, Med yeah. Justice Party Ant all real. It is night and a cop story. Uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did get these. Nice and sneaky. I nice would sneak you with night. Yeah, I think I could imagine that. I just, I just, I hope there's it was like a boogie night. Sort there's of nothing less believable about the fake ones than party yeah. ant. Mm-hmm. Party or ant. Justice. So, so party ant is, I'm assuming, not related to the police. No, we looked it up. It's an animated show, I believe. Oh, okay. On Netflix. Oh, all What's right. What's funny is we could watch it, and I won't. I'll die <laughs> no. not seeing this for sure. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I've it probably seen fake. a <laughs> screenshot of that at some point, but yeah. it does. It yeah. It yes. doesn't. This feel like in that like kind of dog shit first episode of the new Black Mirror season. It's like we automatically generated a show called yeah. Chicago Party. Yeah, that seems right to me. It's I like think. a BoJack Horseman okay. show that would like lead into like his show. I'm yeah. sure it's irreverent as hell. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm no. sure it's. Oh yeah, I, I, I read this last episode. <laughs> Diane, aka the Chicago Party Aunt, is always the life of the party as she helps neighbors and stay. Stays true to her mantras. That's good. You know, yeah. I'm glad she's staying true to her mantras. Yeah, and oh, she yeah. helps the neighbors. And that, you know, that's a real community right there. Yeah, she's 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 a party, but she's a community. Yeah, she's what's a, she's a story. Party. <laughs> what yeah, I don't know. Is that? Yeah, that's it's, um, that's, that's enough. A lot of people. They're that's, just fun and have neighbors. That's, that's good. not much. It's it's friends, but now <laughs> and animated. That's it. That's the rules. And oh, maybe and it stars it stars John and Ike Barinholtz. I learned from this from this oh, that weird. Ike Barinholtz has a brother. There the you go. Chicago Party Ant of sorts. That's great. Um, um, <laughs> it's okay, Brian. I just I don't I just it's so fucked up that you failed so much. I know, but it's okay. I guess. I'm sorry, I really do need to leave the industry as a writer. Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, if I can't even call him out. That's oh, you're not a terrible. writer anymore. It's from not. This. Wrong. It's the worst. Jarvis is a writer because he got these right. Yeah, yeah that awarded. is the you you get the title now. Yeah, we I'm can't release president it. of the WGA. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sick. Uh, okay. Final section: two yes. fakes. Plain sight. Criminal mind suspect behavior. Okay. Prime suspect USA. No time, comma all crime. The closer. Baywatch Nights, Baywatch Surf Police, and Baywatch Forbidden Paradise. Oh, two two fake in here. Two fake in here. Because that's good to know. Because I'm whichever two are fake, I'm going to be pitching as soon as the writers. <laughs> <laughs> good sales, honestly. Now's the time to go for Baywatch. That, yeah, the property's never been bigger. It's never been hotter. Um, okay. Yeah, Baywatch Nights, Surf Police. Was one just called Paradise. The Closer? Yep. That, that's, I can't tell you if that's real, but it's believable. The thing is, when I read Baywatch, Surf Police, if I didn't understand the concept of Baywatch, I would mm. be imp- 
parsable to me. <laughs> uh, uh, Baywatch Surf Police? <laughs> yeah. The Baywatch the Surf it's like I have no idea what it that seems means. Like the as words a in the wrong order. Yeah. In, in a universe where surfing's illegal. Yes, Bay uh okay, Baywatch. You know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's Surf Police. I feel like Forbidden Paradise and Knights are both possible. Uh, I don't know. Now I'm screwed. Now uh, my hope my I'm just gonna have to shoot, shoot from the hip. I think. I uh, thought you were gonna. Sh- I just have to shoot you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. See oh, ya. I'll tell you which ones they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that important. Yeah. Um. All right. I think it's um. <laughs> it's gotta be no time all crime. Please, please say that one's the fake one, and also surf police. I think that's those are the two. W Brian, that you're both. Birth? You're right. Oh, thank this is God. a redemption. Forbidden Paradise is real. <laughs> I knew it. I was gonna say they have to have a the spinoff that is just mostly about the hot people making yeah. out. Right? Could you look at Baywatch Forbidden Paradise? We didn't check what it was. Also, last Criminal day. Minds: Colon Suspect Behavior yeah. has the same energy of when I want to make a video about a topic I've already made a video about, but I need a different title. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how to like two is not a thing uh, I can say. Oh, is the movie? David ha- oh, what? They watched oh. the movie Forbidden Paradise. Wow, this doesn't. Oh, it's still got it's still got Hasselhoff in it, right? Yes. Oh yeah, of course. All uh, right, for them. Baywatch lifeguards Mitch, CJ, Stephanie, Caroline, Matt, and Logan. That's a big cast. Yeah. <laughs> Travel to uh oh, you know I don't know how oh. to say that. Uh, Oahu, there's a type. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say Ohio is how they <laughs> oh, yeah, it Ohio, Hawaii. Ohio, Hawaii. What? <laughs> uh, also, just actually, real quick shout out. Uh, there are like devastating wildfires yes. in. Hmm. Um, I want to say Maui right now. Uh, yep, it is okay. Uh, and so I've donated to um, a couple of the the funds, but we'll try to link some good ones. Yes, uh, if we can. And just, you know, sending everybody there our mm-hmm. love and energy and everyone's in our thoughts. Here's a random question. I feel like a lot of the Unraveled episodes, you were in some form of pain that you were kind of putting yourself through. And that was that's part of the appeal. Yeah. Was there anything that was like per- a particularly difficult slog? There, there were some that were sloggy, but just in a like things had i i kept hitting roadblocks with it specifically the kirby episode was mm. um the i had originally planned to uh t- basically i was i was planning to finish it like way faster than i had mm-hmm. um i was not planning for it to be a longitudinal video where i change hairstyles and everything yeah, by the yeah. end of it um but it was it was one of those things that like and i i, I don't know i i really love the episode but i also think that like one of the things that I, uh, that episode specifically, I really had to grapple with um, how explicit do I want my subtext to be? Mm. Uh, because like, I think I got not a ton of people, but I had some people who were like, you know, when you're talking about how Kirby is this stupid little orb, it's like, and that therefore can't be powerful, right? Uh, I had a lot of people who were like, hey, that feels a little ableist. That feels like there could be some stuff oh, there, okay. which I can like understand. But I also, totally. when I was, when I was making it, the whole point was that me as Unraveled Brian was this narcissistic asshole, right? right? Who believed that the only way you can have power is through intelligence, right? Right, right, right? And like what we were talking about at that time with one of my coworkers was like the way that a lot of people will watch 
uh, people like Donald Trump do something very stupid and they'll be like, well, he's playing 4D chess. He's really being smart about it. Yeah, Actually, yeah, when yeah. you think about it, he peed there and that means something else was going to happen, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, he just did something bad, right? right. Like he's just an idiot. That's any somehow right. has the a lot of power. Razor yeah. is right? the, the simplest explanation. Exactly. Because if yeah. you take, if you, the issue is if you accept that he's mm-hmm. an idiot, then your last five years of advocacy for him, you were wasted. <laughs> exactly. You ha- you, gambler's fallacy you're yeah, in now, yeah. right? And, and so I think that was the thing with, with Kirby specifically is that like we were trying to thread that needle. I don't know if, I, I hope we got pretty close to talking about the fact. Also, the other thing I wanted to talk about was like the um, the idea that every story needs to have a dark theory behind it. Mm. Um, every like cute, fun thing actually has a, a dark undertone, <laughs> right, right? Like right. that's the go-to and it's like, well, yeah. Kirby's a god and all that stuff. And, mm. I, you know, I love to see those theories. They're fun to watch and they're fun right. to it's see. Right, it's silly because you know it's just like Sakurai just like yeah, just doing a thing. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, having yeah. fun with it and he's making a cool yeah. game and I think it's great. And, like, I think that's what I wanted to land on was, like, sometimes a thing can just be a thing. And, mm. like, that's a hard that's a hard thing to get to, especially when you're trying to, like, weave these other metaphors around mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. to be, like, to make the ending. Sometimes it just is the thing. Yeah. And it's not very, um, it's not very conclusive in sure. that sort the exact of way. inverse sure. of what you're told you should do. exactly right right and, and so that one i think we had some troubles with that especially and, and also it was just like scheduling issues like i we had plans to do it in one day and then we like ran out of time at a certain point yeah. and then we had to like book some other time uh but it was it was i'm still like very happy with a lot of the things that we did in it but i i think that was that's it's a it's a struggle through all of it where i i think that was at the end of unraveled i still felt that way too which was um like the there's a certain point where the thing that i was not like trying to rail against but trying to talk about was this idea of uh fan ownership over the thing that they've invested in right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the ways that that can turn into toxicity where you are like i am so invested in halo novels and i love it and no one else could be as smart as me Mm -hmm. and like you know i i make a joke in that video in the halo one about how i was like i should be the one that writes the halo right (laughs) and like that was like you know if i were to write on the show i'm sure i would have had fun and whatever but like i that was not the point that was not me like actually pitching that that was me talking about uh, to the fans who are like no i've invested the time and i deserve it and it's been very tough now seeing after the halo show came out i have not watched it i don't i've heard it's not great but i also have not watched it so i can't really speak about it uh the amount of people who've been like you're right brian you should have been the one to write it you're the one who should it's like that was not the point of the the video that i was saying you're the best at halo yeah is like the point is that the the thing that you invest your time in can feel so important to your identity mm-hmm. that occasionally you feel like you need to close it off from other people in order to right. keep it safe. Right. And I think that that's where a lot of nerd culture, if I 100%. could call it that, it, all of that gatekeeping stuff, all of the toxicity stems from that thing where it's like, in high school, I didn't have a lot of friends or like I didn't connect with a lot of people, but I did have this comic book. And now this comic book is super popular, but these people don't like me. That must be because they're not real fans. Yeah. They're they're the ones who are they bastardizing. They weren't it. Yeah, in the they trenches didn't, reading the comics. Yes. They're just they just know these bastardized Marvel yeah. movie versions of the story. Exactly. We all deal with our own self-conscious feelings and everything. And I think that comes down to that feeling of like, I like a thing, you like a thing, but you don't like me, and that 
means that you don't like the thing as opposed to there's something about me that is a problem. Right. Because um, it's a, it's more comforting that way. Yeah. It's like you're, you're trying to like resolve this cognitive dissonance or whatever. And the easiest thing is not, I have flaws, I'm wrong, or mm -hmm. someone just doesn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh no, it's all of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I think was the, those were the, the moments when it would like, it, again, the, the actual work of it, Reading the Halo novels was uh, its own slog in its own right, as I was just listening to audiobooks at two times speed. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like the the but the I think the the bigger stuff was more just like the am I am I actually am, am in doing Unraveled? Am I getting across the point that I'm trying to get across, or am I just becoming the thing that I'm trying to talk about? Right, um, which is a, always a hard thing. That to, that's to, fair. Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, there is always this is just a thing i've learned on the internet uh you know it's like don't read the comments right there will always be the most superficial like missing the point take on something yeah and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's valid mm -hmm. you know what i mean but it will exist you know what i mean all the lowest hanging fruit like takes are going to be in the comments and they're going to be the most upvoted because yeah. uh the people who've thought the most about the thing are not the people writing the comments. They're you know mm -hmm. the people who are, have done the thing and are now like, mm -hmm. you you know you've you've processed and synthesized and sort of done so over and over again. Yeah. And you also anybody providing a take has a take mm -hmm. and is willing to write it in a YouTube comment section. Mm -hmm. Someone yeah. might have legitimate criticism. You can call mm -hmm. I mean charitably criticism as opposed to dislike. Yeah. But. Leaving a YouTube comment is like writing something in your own shit. Mm -hmm. As soon as you are sit doing it at all, you've almost already invalidated <laughs> the thing that you're yeah. trying to say. Yeah. And people have take poisoning. Like they, uh, yeah. the first one you find is the most gratifying because you can write it right now. You yeah. don't have to think about that position. It, and then you reply and you're like, what do you mean? It's like, I'm actually a huge fan. Uh, <laughs> Elon, Elon is now, you know, paying people uh, for impressions on X. And oh, yeah. it's, on Twitter, mm -hmm. I just said X. Um, but the funniest thing about that is all it incentivizes is for someone to get as many impressions as possible, which is to just have the take that causes as much interaction. Yes, which yeah. is a ridiculous way to like. Yeah. That was already a problem yeah. when you were just rewarding it mm -hmm. with interactions. Yeah. But, yeah, rage clicks have been monetized for a while, and this is time it's like okay, explicitly though, rage <laughs> yeah. clicks. We want those specific. You don't even need to pivot them to something else. No. No, no, no. Like it's, a YouTube channel look called, at like, it. it's fine. The, it's one of those YouTube guys <laughs> that's got like a Greek photo as their profile called the the skeptical individual, <laughs> the thinking yes. man's Chad. Mm. <laughs> you ever notice how women are, it's their fault? Yeah. yeah. Have you thought about that? Are you feeling lonely? No. And that's actually <laughs> science. <laughs> Incorrect. Don't look that up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I got calipers and I checked women's heads. <laughs> it turns out they're mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> this the skeptical phrenologist. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I think that about wraps us up for this main episode. So thank you so much, Brian, for yeah, joining of us. Of course. Uh, we will be hopping over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash sad boys for sad boys nights. <laughs> sad boys special ops. <laughs> Our, uh, it's something of a forbidden paradise. Forbidden paradise, yeah, maybe. It's our forbidden paradise episode where we gallivant on the beach <laughs> and we all fall in love. <laughs> um, I think, uh, we're going to show Brian that Power Rangers video. Yes. And then, uh. Uh, there's a couple of things we didn't get to, like um, Pokemon Worlds this past weekend, which was fun. 
uh, I think all of us here have learned to drive later in life or have relearned to drive. <laughs> um, I think maybe Anastasia was telling me like uh, you going from New York to LA, it's like, oh, now I'm in a driving place. Yep, for sure. Um, and then there's also some subreddit. So who knows? It's going to be a grab bag, a bit of a, a potpourri. Talk about some emotional stuff even. Nice. Who knows? Mayhaps. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. Well, we kind of huh? did, but we didn't. We talked around it. We, we talked, talked about things it. that elicit emotions. That's mm-hmm. true, yeah. And, and our emotions about things, but never deep, diving deep. So who knows? Oh. Sad Boys Nights, get into it. But Brian, thank you so much for joining us. What's it's, up? What you got going on? Yeah. Not much. Uh, no, I'm making, still trying to make videos. Haven't made a couple in a, in, in a past few months, but hopefully we'll have something out at the Ooh. end of August at least. But Do you, um, you have a thing that's I've got, I got other things that I can't speak about. So, uh, but yeah, working on stuff and I'll be around on the internet. The dark I guess. secrets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We end every episode of Sad Boys with a particular phrase. We, we love, love you. you. And we're sorry. Boom. It's a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers cosplayer. I think it's just like a dad who's a fan of Power Rangers. He bought a cosplay that ended up taking like five years to arrive. And then he tried it on and is clearly disappointed, but doesn't let it show. <laughs> Too rich for me.